show i'm very excited today as you know i like to have people on from all over the world to kind of inform us on what's going on and uh, my guest today is awesome i've been following him for a long time and uh he's got a lot to say uh thank you for joining me jasper machogu how are you doing i'm doing good mel thank you for hosting me it's my pleasure. I've been watching you for a long time. And, you know, here in America, we don't get much news from uh, overseas. We definitely don't get any news from Africa. So if you could tell my audience a little bit about yourself and where you are, and uh, then we'll get into what's going on. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Jasper Machogu. I'm 28 years old. So I, I feel young, although I'm pretty old. I'm an agricultural engineer by profession. Um, I'm also a small-scale farmer in rural Kenya, a place called Kisi. I'm also a big fossil fuels for Africa advocate, and that's all about me. Oh, and I know the kind of news that you you people in the West get. You yeah. you see moving children in from places like Kenya, Turkana, uh, Somalia. That's that's what the UN does. Yeah, that's what the that's what your government does. Yes, it's absolutely true. And, and you know, there's a big uh, controversy right now between the BRICS nations, China and, and Russia, and then the IMF, UN, World Bank, U.S. contingency uh, fighting over Africa. And a lot of people don't know that that's happening right now. Um, and we'll get into that. But first and foremost, I first saw you, you put out uh, a statement after the last COP conference, kind of breaking down the reality of what's going on. And, you know, they continue to do this developing nations. They're so concerned with the developing nations that they never try to develop at all. So let's talk a little bit about your take on the last COP conference that recently ended and the idea that the rest of the world should transfer $3 trillion to these people. Uh, I call them the Davos crew uh, in order to help developing nations yet again, uh, fight climate change. Okay, so they just concluded COP28 was a flop because what the Western leaders expected isn't what they got from it. Because now, uh, the, the good thing, the, the reason why I like China and Russia and India is because these countries, especially now China and India, they're saying, oh, we have to use fossil fuels to develop. You can't, you can't do nothing about like." We have to, because like we want to, we are chasing economic development. We want our people to flourish and we have to use lots of energy, be it from coal. We don't care. But our corrupt leaders, African leaders are saying, oh, they're given money and they told, oh, what we want you to do, especially Germany, that's what Europe is actually doing right now because Germany especially is saying, oh, like it's the number one renewable energy country in Europe especially. So they say, uh, they have destroyed, first of all, they destroyed their nuclear, they, they destroying their coal power plants. Now they are going throughout Africa saying, oh, we need hydrogen. Like we need you guys to develop hydrogen. And of course, we don't have the infrastructure to, de to develop, to use the green, the hydrogen. Right. So they, they just, they, they need our resources. So they, they're going to give us solar and wind, and then they're going to take uh, the hydrogen that we're going to produce for their country, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I liked how the COP28 ended because 
uh, even though some people say it was a success because the the Western countries said, "Oh, we're going to we're going to give uh, developing countries climate reparations funds to use to develop green stuff, green energy, solar and wind, and high, green hydrogen." And and of course they said, "Oh, carbon tax, awful, awful, awful stuff." But I, I can't complain, even though our president, especially, so we have uh, President William Bruto, the, the president of Kenya. He's like the number one climate activist president from Africa. And he was given a platform. He's always given a platform to, to share his thoughts on, on climate. And, you know, yeah. uh, because, of course, he's very corrupt. He needs money to loot. Uh, I know. Yeah. I think that um, the 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 model that they've been using in Africa for a very long time, finally, because of people like you and other people around the world out there that have stepped up because, you know, it, it's gotten to a place where it is so upside down and inverted that the people around the world are seeing these people for what they are for the first time. But the IMF and the World Bank and these people, they come into Africa and they make all these loans and then they know that the, the nations, these loans are impossible to pay back. They do it all over the world, but per particularly in Africa. And they place in governments there. But the people are starting to rise up in Africa. And, and the pictures that were given here of what the people in Africa look like, especially in Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, you brought up some other places, is not the reality on the ground. And they're still making us think that it's like... Um, that Africa hasn't developed because Africa can't develop. You know, it's like, it, obviously we're watching, we watch this war in Ukraine where America apparently sent $200 billion to Ukraine. And you think to yourself, well, you could have then built infrastructure, clean water, dams, electricity, uh, all kinds of agricultural developments, uh, certainly internet, all, education resources all over Africa for, you know, maybe $5, $5 billion. So the whole fallacy that there's not enough money or there's not people in Africa that want to develop their nation is completely bogus. So talk a little bit about what what the environment really is like in Africa, because we have to start to understand that not to, not helping Africa get to a place where they're thriving like the rest of the world holds back the entire world. And, and you talk a lot about degrowth and depopulation. And it's like if they were developing Kenya and Africa, your agricultural engineer, there would be plenty of food for the whole world. There would be plenty of resources. It, they're creating the problem. And then they pretend that they're the solution. Yeah. So the funny bit is, so a good example is the U.S. Back in 1800s, 1820s, you had like 83% of your population in agriculture, 83%. Today you have about 1.5 to 2 percent in agriculture, and you 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 the largest, the biggest agricultural producer in the world. While Africans, about 1.4 billion people, with about 80, 70 percent to 80 percent in agriculture, we can't feed ourselves. We're starving. One in five is starving. It doesn't make sense, you yeah. know. And yeah, yeah. And what? made you guys to be where you are today is because of fossil fuels, be it energy, fertilizer, irrigation, all of that, the, the benefits of fossil fuels. We don't have that. Actually, uh, right now, about 90% of our energy is coming from burning biomass in sub-Saharan Africa. It's coming from burning biomass. Biomass is literally, it's, it's charcoal, 
its cow dung, its crop residue, and its firewood. 80% of our energy is coming from that. And now, when these people say, oh, just transition, just transition, what do they even mean? We, we're transitioning from burning firewood and, and we should be headed to using fossil fuels. And now they're telling us, oh, you can't use fossil fuels. Let's just do solar panels and you know wind turbines. Intermittent, parasitic, unreliable, uh, unreliable wind and solar, which don't, don't work most of the time, especially right. like in, in Germany. Solar panels are working 12% of the time. 12% of the time. And that's what they want African to use, Africans to use. It's crazy. So I don't like the UN, especially because the UN is now, the UN, I, I think maybe where it started, it was a good organization, maybe. I'm not so sure about that. But what it has been doing, but what it has been doing in Africa isn't helping us because now, okay, they came to Africa, they gave, they had these big researchers and they're giving them good money. The researchers did some good work they found out that some of the biggest problems we had, the 17 sustainable development goals, 17 problems, and they had they developed like this nice framework around those problems, the sustainable development goals, whereby climate change is one of those problems. I don't even like I'm I'm a Kenyan from rural Kenya. I don't understand how climate change is affecting me. Like I don't understand. We have people over here striving to to get to feel themselves. Right. You know, yeah. like I'm worried where my next meal is going to come from. Yeah. And somebody's telling me, oh, as you worry about that, also worry about climate change. What is yeah. what is that? And now, like, okay, the, the funny thing is, now they tied, they tied every other uh, solution to those problems right. to climate change, which means that, because, okay, the UN is saying, burning of fossil fuels has got, has made uh, the earth to warm. So they, they don't expect us to use fossil fuels because fossil fuels are bad for the environment. You Africans don't use that. So last, I think like three months ago, uh, our, our government, our president is so corrupt. So about three months ago, we had uh, big news from IMF and World Bank. They right. were chairing our government, because our government said, oh, we're going to end... Uh, fuel and fertilizer subsidies. And because of that, because our government did that, the IMF and World Bank gave them a loan. Right. Recently, yeah, recently, recently about, I think it was last month, our government all of a sudden said, oh, next week on Monday, it was like on a Thursday. So they said, next week on Monday, we're going to have a national tree planting day. A national, like everything is going to stand, stand in no job, no nothing. We're going to plant trees. And now, like, everybody was so curious, what's happening? Right. So we came to learn later on that the IMF had told our government, we're going to, if, like, you need a loan from us, you have to have the, like, you have to have a national tree planting day. And we had that because of IMF. So the kind of stuff that these Western organizations are doing to us isn't helping us. It's actually hurting us in various ways because now we need lots of energy. We right. are energy poor. Yes. yes. For so no we need reason. lots of energy. But it's by design mm -hmm. because there's no reason for this. First of all, it's certainly not money as we've been proven during uh, the pandemic and then now all these wars. You know, they have plenty of money. They have, you're an agricultural engineer in 
Africa. So if they allocated money to you and other people you work with, you could build the infrastructure. You could you could have if they if they can have deserts in the Middle East that are flowing with water and vegetation and and cattle, they could have that all over Africa. This has been what has been yeah. done to Africa is so by design. And then they they come to the rest of the world, the U.N. and the rest of their their octopus of global control partnerships. And they, they could tell the rest of the world, poor Africa, poor Africa. They're the ones keeping Africa poor. So let me let me ask you, if if there was allocation of money to to out to where you are, could you build an infrastructure that would sustain your um your people and feed the people and and help them rise up? Because to me, it seems like the problem isn't money. It's not any of that. It's actually that they're not allocating the money and funds to the people in Africa that can actually do something. Those Western organizations, they need funds from Western governments and other companies so that they can pay their workers. And then their biggest like aim is to keep Africa poor. They don't want Africa to develop. And because like if we don't develop, that means depopulation. Our population is going to reduce or not grow as it should have. So that's their big aim. That's their aim throughout the world. They started like they're cheering these countries that are uh, into renewables, like Germany, a, a very good example, yes. and Belgium. So they're cheering those countries because those countries are, they have bowed down into the, their, their like aim, which is depopulation. So deindustrialization is going to bring about depopulation because now if people don't have reliable energy and you are in Germany, a place that experiences winter, you know, so yeah. the the UN is not doing much work in Africa as much as it says, oh, we're doing this and that. It's especially it's especially hurting us. If, for instance, for instance, what I've been doing in in my community, I've uh, I had this I have these good friends of mine, and we have been up and down trying to better my community. We built like a, a borehole for my community, which is a good thing. Yeah. Now people don't have to worry about walking down like uphill, 600 meters away, one kilometer away, especially during drought is waiting for water for one hour in line. So those are some of the problems that we have. People are fetching water one kilometer away and they're carrying the water on their heads. And now the UN is telling us, oh, um, climate change. No. And then uh, we have also been trying to get people connected to the national grid because like in Kenya, uh, apart from like, I, I know what the what your mainstream media preaches. They say, oh, Africans are very poor. So that's partly true. But then development, like we, we are developing and in Kenya, for instance, we have about 84% of our population connected to the national grid right. or having access to electricity, even though it's not throughout Africa, because like throughout the world, about 87% of people who don't have electricity are in are from Africa. 50%, actually more than 50% of people without clean cooking, access to clean cooking are from Africa. So that's very true. But then we we are striving to better ourselves each and every day. And I know for sure what's going to change our lives, what's going to transform our lives is access to energy. 
and that energy isn't going to come from solar and wind right. or green hydrogen. It's going to come from fossil fuels. Right. Now, Dave, the, uh, now what happens in your country? We have a big problem, I believe, all over the world, but in America as well, with NGOs, non-government organizations, which, of course, also are attached very much to the UN and the IMF, World Bank, uh, IPCC, all these groups. But the NGOs that come into your country, it seems like every few years you guys have a color revolution of some sort where um, if there is a leader in Africa that is saying, um, you know, we're not going to go the, the way of the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and the UN and the IMF, we're going to take a different path and we're going to enrich our, our like even what happened in Libya. We're going to, you know, really help Africa first and there's all these resources that we can implement, whatever. Once a leader, it seems like, in Africa starts to stand up for their own people, they get removed. Has this been going on your whole life that, you know, if there is somebody that becomes a champion for uh, the African people, be it in Kenya or elsewhere, they tend to get uh, kind of taken down by these NGOs and these other like tactics. I feel like there's an overthrow in Africa every few years. And it always seems to be like the guy that's out there speaking about helping his people. And next thing you know it, there's an uprising against them. Yeah, thanks to the internet, now the West can't do what it used to do. Uh, they used to kill our leaders a lot, but now because of internet now, like, I can tweet right now, oh, I'm in danger, like right away. And people throughout the world are going to know, oh, something is happening in, right. in, in Africa, somewhere in Kenya. So internet is a good thing. So it's it's making these people like fear committing these crimes, you know. Oh, that's good. Uh, but, but, but I know, uh, okay, so we a president like Mseveni, Mseveni is from Uganda. He, he has been against LGBTQ. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not supporting him on that, but then he's like against that. Uh, and the West has been fighting a war against him, saying, oh, he's, he's, he's a dictator, you know. But what Museveni has been doing, actually what Museveni has been doing mostly is saying, oh, we have to develop our fossil fuel infrastructure. Those countries, the West developed thanks to fossil fuels, and now they're telling us that we can't uh, mine, we can't drill our own oil, we can't mine our own coal, we can't tap our own uh, uh, natural gas to develop our country, our economies. How dare they? Right. And that's in the West. Like now, they, they they find other other ways to to fight people like that. They, they don't necessarily have to kill him, or uh, you know, right? Uh, they don't have to kill him. They they right. can do other things. They can say, "Oh, he's a dictator," and they'll. Find other people who are going to overthrow Seveni. Right, they do that a lot. Yeah, for decades, and and it's so hard to watch because here's the thing: when when you're looking at our budget for the Department of Defense, the military industrial complex alone, and the money that the people of the United States have watched them allocate to a war that most people here don't understand and didn't want. You know right away, even in America, we're we're being destroyed from the inside. I think we're in a color revolution here ourselves. And these groups come in that I know go into Africa and they organize like to overthrow. Cause I talk a lot about what happened in Libya. You know, if you look back to Gaddafi, what he was saying was he wanted to give Africa the ability to develop. He wanted the Africa to have their own bank. He wanted Africa to have their own energy. Uh, next thing you know, without being a threat to America or anything else, 
the whole world turns on him and now Libya is a is a disaster a slave nation basically and and this is continues to happen over and over and you're right the internet has really helped but at the same time how much has uh China because it, a lot of people talk about the Belt and Road Initiative and that they've gone uh, all over Africa to kind of help different places build railways and ports and all of that. How is China's presence where you are? Is it is it growing? Are they do you think China's helping Africa? Uh, what do you think is happening there? Because we hear all the time that, you know, China's going all over the world and and, and they're a threat. But how, how do you feel about China's influence and what they are doing in Africa? Cubiderm is a luxurious, toxin-free skincare that actually works. Not only do we take the toxins out, we put the most powerful nutrients in. All of our products are an effective way to detoxify, replenish, and protect your skin. Our toxin-free, natural ingredients provide real results without compromising your skin's health. Unlock the secret to beautiful, healthy skin using this synergistic skincare system. It's never too late or too early to begin living a more beautiful life with Givederm. Natural, healthy skin. Head over to the MelKShow.com partners page and get a 10% discount now. So as much as the West says uh, the Chinese are trapping us with their debt traps, I don't agree with that because most of the loans, most of the African loans, actually 35% of our loans are from Western organizations, not from the Chinese. The Chinese only have, I think, around 12%, like our loans, 12% of our loans, we owe the Chinese. So, and their interest rates are okay, 2.7% compared to the West, 5%. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think, the debt traps the debt trap narrative is true it's right. not true and we can like if if you came to the ground you could see what the chinese are doing we have sgr in kenya that's like a railway right. transporting all the way from the port the port which is in the coast area and getting it to our capital city that's that's a good thing yeah and we have these amazing roads we have these amazing structures from thanks to the chinese when the West is only preaching climate change to us, so right, this yeah. are, and, 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 and 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 I like the Chinese and Russia because also Russia, Russia is trying to better our lives. Russia for for a very long time, Russia has been saying, Africa, you need to tap your fossil fuels, use your fossil fuels to develop your resources, to develop your economies. Do that. That's what the Chinese are telling us, and they they funding us to do that. Right. Russia is giving us fertilizer, be it free, be it like in Kenya. Last year we were given 34,000 tons of nitrogenous fertilizer from Russia for free. Wow. That's a good thing. Like, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and that's yeah. the thing. That's the that's the whole thing. Is I've been saying for quite some time. If we were developing Africa all this time, the whole fraud of you know they're creating. Uh, you talk about it too, the Malthusians and the creation of this zero sum game, and and the whole idea that Africa that we could be have a worldwide famine. Well, if they were giving Africa the ability to farm and clean water and and access and all of the tools that you as a, as an agricultural engineer could implement in Africa, there would be food flowing all over Africa that could feed the whole world. 
So everything that they put out there, especially this narrative now about food and we're going to have to eat insects and there's there's going to be a, a famine and all of this. It's like, well, if you were developing the land where you are, that would be impossible. There'd be plenty because you and I, you talk about it a lot. The whole overpopulation, depopulation thing is is a total power grab. It's a control mechanism. And, and at this point, I think Russia and China are doing the right thing there in Africa because it could help the whole world. It doesn't make any sense anymore. The model doesn't work. Yeah. You see, like, okay, so let, let me just talk about fertilizer because, like, that's what we especially need. We need fertilizer. Right now, we're consuming so little fertilizer. 20 kilos of nitrogenous fertilizer per hectare per year. 20 kilos. If you went to the US, they're using 120 kilos. If you went to a place like uh, Europe, they're using 150 kilos. If you went to India, they're using around 200 kilos. China is using 350 kilos. Africa is using only 20 kilos per hectare per year. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Even like when yeah. they talk about so, the energy there in Africa too, they're not... They're, they're telling you to not use energy, fossil fuels, and you're not, and, and it's hurting you, and, and it continues on yeah. and on. And these people telling us not to use fossil fuels, energy, the U.S. is consuming a, a population of 330 million people, 330 million people, they're consuming 20 million barrels of oil per day. A population of 1.4 billion people, 1.4 billion, we're only using 3.9 million barrels of oil per day. We we don't come close. So the fact that these people are telling us not to use our fossil fuels that we have in plenty, it's so ridiculous. They yeah. want to depopulate us. They don't want Africa to develop. I know it's so bad. And also you have all the resources. If you if the if all these criminals didn't come into Africa and then not allow your nations in Africa to profit from your own natural resources that are on your own land, this is the whole idea with the whole agenda 2030 and all that, that there's no nation states, that this global governance gets to decide for everyone. And they've been doing it for a long time in Africa. I think their time is coming because I also heard uh, I had on a guy uh, talking about that. He's been working on this uh, dam in uh, in Ethiopia forever, and they they every time that it's close to being functioning, something else happens, some other uprising. So it's obviously very purposeful. Now, in um, you know, we're having these um migration, illegal immigration, but you know, it's it's orchestrated by the same people that are keeping Africa down, and you and I both know that. Um, all over the world. Are you seeing messaging where you are or do you know of it in Africa encouraging people to leave and migrate to the West or to Europe um, and with incentives and stuff like they are in South America? Or is that not something that you're seeing uh, in Africa? I'm seeing that in Africa. I'm seeing that in Kenya. Our president is telling our people to go out there. We have talked with Germany and they taking so last year our president said like Germany needs around two hundred million immigrants like skilled skilled labor, and that was crazy because people were asking two hundred million does that even come close to the population of Germany? Yeah. And he clarified later on saying oh it's two million. Oh wow! Or two, I don't know. So right. we have this crazy government that is overtaxing us thanks to IMF and World Bank. Right. They are overtaxing us, especially when it comes to uh, to to fuel, right. uh, petrol, diesel, you know, LPG. They overtaxing us, 
and then they're saying, oh, you guys, we have found you uh, vacancies out there. Go work in Germany and send us money back home. Because these people, they, they, they are lazy. They're not, work, they're not working. They're corrupt people. They just want money. Whatever yeah. is supposed to be used to develop our countries, our economies is being used. It goes directly to these people's pockets. It's you know. so bad because, you know, I always say too, uh, whenever I talk about Africa, is like if if we did, the world did help Africa develop, for the rest of the world, it's a great consumer base. If you guys had all the internet, water, education, all that, there's like 2.8 billion more people that these globalist corporations that are behind all this, the public-private partnership, could be doing business with people in Africa, none of it makes sense. It is totally crazy uh, what's going on in Africa. And then they act like the African people don't want to evolve or, or like you're stuck in the stone age when they're the ones doing that. And that's not true. And you have a very young population. Now, let me ask you about, um, you know, the rest of the world suffered from the pandemic, but Africa was kind of spared from the whole COVID operation. And um, but you have not been spared from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for decades now. Um, people look at Africa and, you know, they're always having their events talking about we have to vaccinate Africa. We have to go. They're doing all their experiments down there. All of that. Do the people of Africa under note like like these? I mean, what do they watch this and think, what are they? What's the Gavi and and Gates and all them? What are they doing in our country? Because it doesn't seem very on the up and up. And I wonder if the African people are aware of um, I feel like they use the African people for a lot of their um, operations. Yeah, uh, I was reading uh, Robert Jr., Robert Jr.'s The Real Anthony Fauci. Right, yeah. That, that book blew my mind. I don't know how true uh, some of that is, but I guess, like, where there's smoke, there is fire. So yep. it's crazy what the West is doing in Africa when it comes to vaccines. Yeah. So uh, during the pandemic, we had uh, African our corrupt leader saying, oh, we have COVID in throughout the country and we need funds to, you know, fight uh, this pandemic. And of course, so in Kenya, we, we, we term, there is also around that time we were terming them as uh, COVID billionaires because these people benefited a lot from the funds that were given to them. Instead of them using the, those funds to get the vaccines, of course, people, people didn't want to get to be vaccinated. Right. Uh, most of it is from ignorance because, like, if you are not, uh, you, you don't use internet a lot, right. you're going to be skeptical when it comes to these things. Like, the West is telling you, oh, you should be vaccinated. And somebody saying, we haven't seen people dying around my village. So, why right. should I get, why should I get vaccinated? And most people didn't get vaccinated, although our government was saying, like, there was a, a higher rate of vaccination in our country. That wasn't true. And that was very true in most African countries. Our governments needed money. They, 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 want, they needed money to loot. And that's right. what they got. Right. We didn't get, we weren't killed by the COVID uh, um, virus. Yeah, and you guys also have a you, you regularly have hydroxychloroquine and other things for malaria already, where they ban that basically in the rest of the world, and it would have helped people. For people in your countries, that's a normal drug that you take all the and a cheap drug, by the way. Now, um, what is uh the situation with um with India and 
and China and all these these are you hearing about this BRICS nation movement that uh, a bunch of African nations want to join? Do you know anything about that? Because you know, if they the 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 thought is that they would end the petrodollar and go to a gold-backed currency, kind of restructuring the entire model that takes advantage of Africa. So do people there uh, know anything about that? Are you hearing about the BRICS uh, nations and, and other nations in Africa joining that? Yeah, uh, I, I don't follow that very much as I used to. There is a time I used to follow that a lot. Yeah. And I like... Uh, where there is Russia, China, India, a lot of good is going to come from that because China and India are developing countries, de yep. developing nations, and these people want what we want, which is economic development. We want to beat poverty, hunger. We want to provide clean water to our people, you know, electricity. India is doing a lot of that. China is doing a lot of that. Africa is lagging behind, although that's what we all want. So right. joining this, uh, the BRICS, is going to be the BRICS plus is going to be amazing, especially like if Kenya, our president last year, there is a time uh, we, we there, there was this um, a BRICS conference in South Africa. Right. And our president didn't attend that. Instead, he went to Italy or Spain. There was uh, this climate conference in Spain and that's he opted to go there instead of going to, you know, yeah. because like our, our government is trying to establish like a, a relationship with the West, uh, more funds for these people to to steal instead yeah. of joining these countries that are saying, oh, we need to develop and we have to do whatever we have to do to develop, especially using fossil fuels. So I, I, I like to think at some point in life, we're going to have BRICS with a K, where K stands for Kenya. That will be really nice. I think it's probably uh, going in that direction because I heard that uh, the the BRICS nations, the main ones, are are going around and kind of making deals with the people that are not captured by the World Economic Forum and the UN and and all of them, which I believe your leader is right now. But they're making deals with open African nations also to to uh, release their debt if they join BRICS and start a new model, which which is what a lot of people need. I don't know how America is going to get through with our debt either. I mean, the whole debt model and the whole world has failed completely. Now, the last thing I want to ask you, because we both are, are not fans of the 17 development goals because it's the it's all inverted language. They don't they mean global governance and full control. Have you seen any um, where you are? of this, because um, I believe that those 17 development goals really are full track and trace surveillance, biometric data, you know, basically tagging every human on the on planet Earth like animals and, uh, and watching everything we do. There's a social credit aspect. There's, um, you know, your surveillance, all kinds of surveillance. Do you see any of that smart city kind of uh, public-private partnership technology coming in there where you guys are, because I saw... I'm not sure which nation in Africa they tried to put the central bank digital currency in and nobody wanted it. And um, and then they want biometric digital IDs all over Africa. Are you seeing a push for that? Yeah. Uh, late last year, I think in November, uh, Bill Gates, thanks to Bill Gates, uh, our our government was, thinking, oh, we, we want to tie your your name to like what you do to your family to your properties and digital ids that's what they were referring to them as so our government was so speaking so strongly about that and people were like oh i'm not going to do that so right. the good thing with developing countries is we we blame 
uh, whatever we don't do. Like if the government tries to push something onto us, we're going to blame that on ignorance. Like we're going to say no, and we're going to blame that on ignorance, which is a good thing for us. And 15 minute cities, that's happening in in wow. in the West, in UK. It's not yeah. happening in Africa because most people live in rural areas. And well, they won't develop them. When, when it becomes when it becomes profitable to develop them, they'll develop them overnight. <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah, I, I know they're going to push. They're going to push governments to do that, but then it's going to take a lot of time in Africa, especially. It's, yeah. it's, it's not coming soon. Well, it's good. We're going to fight back. Yeah, people don't know that there's, I mean, because I'm so glad I found you, but people don't realize that there is an educated uh, class of people in Africa that are trying to do the right thing by the people of Africa. And I believe that it's growing and growing and the internet does have something to do with it, but there is no reason at all other than the creation of lack and the creation of, they need this lack, this this Africa to point at as the problem. And then they, the whole reparations, they want 30 trillion for reparations or whatever they want, where it's like, just do the basic things that you suggest in your videos to help these these different places all over Africa. And, and before you know it, the people will rise up themselves. They act like that's not possible. And you and I both know that it's not possible because nobody's in, in doing that. But you are trying to do that. And I, I want um just uh, last word. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you is what is the view? Uh, because you're aware and you have friends that are aware are you watching what's going on in the United States and thinking what is happening over there? What are you, what is your take on, I know a lot of people I speak to around the world, they're watching the persecution and the uh, political uh, drama that they are inflicting, I believe, upon Donald Trump, uh, our country also with the open borders, with the wars, with the, with the, we're financially in a terrible shape. What's your impression looking from where you are at the U.S. is what is going on here? Um. I should start by saying I like Trump, and I think like is is I I don't know if you agree to that, but I do, I do. I do. The moment the moment you have Trump uh, Trump in office for the second term, that's going to be good, great. It, like it's going to transform America in a good way. Is uh, the president you need? These other people, of course, somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy is 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 a nice fella, but then. Uh, this guy was saying he wants to see Palestine, the, the Hamas, he wants to see Palestine heads on stake or something of the sort. So I, I would, this is somebody who loves violence, somebody who wants war. And that feeds America. So most Americans love when their president says, oh, when somebody says, we're going to fight this country, we're going to fight this other country. It's not good for anybody. Right. Like people are getting out there. It doesn't matter if you support Israel or if you support Ukraine, Russia, Palestine. At the end of the day, it's people getting hurt. Exactly. I don't support people getting hurt. I don't right. support Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy because of that. Although he's like a nice person, I support Trump because uh, Trump has been saying for very many years it was a mistake killing uh, Mohammed Gaddafi. Obama yeah. did that. Obama. Yeah. Obama. It's not African in any way. That's somebody who hates us. And for very many years, I, I think back in 2013, Obama said, oh, if everybody, if, so he was, he was in, he was presenting in this, in, in, in a meeting, in a conference in South Africa. And then he was telling these youths that if every, if we develop, if we better everybody's lives, 
in here so that they afford uh they they afford uh house house heating that one yeah they they afford a car they afford a nice house the world is going to boil over so obama wasn't as much as people say obama came from kenya i don't like obama obama wasn't a nice guy and he killed mohammed gaddafi so trump has been saying that it was a mistake killing mohammed gaddafi trump has been saying oh russia russia the, the putin putin like uh, trump used to go there and that's why this war didn't start earlier right because trump said don't do that and they were like in good terms so i think trump is is and and trump is saying let's ban let's do away with who let's right. do away with the un let's do away with these environmental organizations trump is saying oh drill drill baby drill <laughs> that's the kind of president that you people need yeah i agree i agree yeah. I agree. Well, hopefully someday you'll come over here and represent your country because you are a great representative of the African people. And, uh, you know, it, it, we don't see your face, people like you, that often they don't show the African people that are making a difference, that are educated, that are out there looking for solutions. We don't know enough of them. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And I hope you'll come back and we'll see what happens going forward. But keep up the great work out there. Can you tell my audience where they can follow you? Please follow him. We need to understand what's going on around the world. And we we the people need to keep the eyes and ears uh, out there because the media isn't doing it. And the globalist organizations don't want us to know that there are people like him out there that are trying to make a difference, have solutions, and that we can go directly to people like him and skip this whole model of, of false, you know, helping developing nations and actually help people. So uh, tell my audience where to find you. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm a fossil fuel for Africa advocate. And the reason I do that is because I, I think fossil fuels, not only do they provide the energy that we require and that Africa needs to develop, it's, it, fossil fuels are also important because they provide the four pillars of modern civilization. Uh, so cement, steel, plastics, and fertilizer, and we need lots of that. We need to stop toil in Africa. I, I don't like when I see my mom going to the hoeing manually, weeding manually, crazy. carrying water on her head. I don't like that when we have machines that will be doing all of that. So the machines are using fossil fuels. Irrigation, when you see people, when you see mainstream media saying Africa is hungry, what we need is irrigation. What we need is fertilizer. What we need is farm machinery. And all of that is going to come from fossil fuels. So that's why we need lots of fossil fuels. And we have plenty of that. I know. So you can follow me on Twitter, Jasper Machogu at Jasper Machogu. And also I do have a Substack where I show his, yeah, yeah, jaspermachogu.substack.com or something like that. Okay, so, no, we'll just, put all your links below. Jasper Machogu. Great. Oh, and yeah. you know, we got we need you out there. We need you pushing. I, I hope eventually that you'll you'll come here when uh when Trump is back in office and uh let him know your plans and that we allocate funds directly to the people like you that will will change uh the Africa and the world for the better. Um uh helping Africa develop in the ways that you're saying, get fossil fuel going there, uh get irrigation, get good uh get uh, good electricity. It would t help the whole world. 
we really not need to start looking at Africa as as the future rather than looking at Africa as, as something that we should feel sorry for. We should be investing in Africa as much as we can. And thank you for being such a good voice out there. I will talk to you again. I will put his links below. Please follow him. Keep your eyes on the world. Uh, it is up to us, uh, the people of planet Earth right now, to uh, make sure that the future is better and uh, and more more honestly uh, thriving and fair to everyone on the planet. And we, the people, can do that. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mel. Thank you. I know you love her as much as I love her. I can't get enough of Dr. Stella. She's one of my greatest friends, and I have to tell you, she is a maverick. She has done so much for this country. She was the original frontline doctors out there. We all saw her down there in D.C. telling us that the COVID story was not what we were getting, that she believed that ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, quercetin was the way to go. She also created a whole line of COVID preparedness products, including Covilite, which is my favorite. We take it every day. But what Stella's also done, and it's really important because we keep hearing about supply chain issues and that there's antibiotic shortages and all of that. Well, Stella, again, tops herself. She has a preparedness pack that has everything you could possibly need in it. It has antibiotics. It has Z-Pack. It has stuff for even urinary tract infection. It has zinc. It has all kinds of things, including anything that could come your way. Honestly, she has prepared ahead of time. She also has an amazing, amazing telehealth program that really is the best you can get out there. And you know what? She has partnerships with private pharmacies all over this country. You should stock up now on a hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, get the preparedness pack with the antibiotics. All of the COVID products are great. Covilite is a great daily choice also because it has all kinds of stuff for immune system, but also it has everything you could need vitamin wise in that too. I highly recommend it. Dr. Stella Emanuel is an amazing, amazing woman. She has gone out of her way to make sure that you are prepared, that you are never left behind, that you have your health, and your wellness taken care of, please go to themelkshow.com. Go down to Dr. Stella MD. Click on that. Use the code MELK. You'll get a discount over there from Stella. But I am telling you right now, there is no woman right now that is working harder to maintain our health, our integrity, our liberty, and our futures. Thank you so much. Dr. Stella supports me. And that means she supports this show. She supports free speech. And she supports God winning in the end always. Thank you. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, 
it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me, click the link below. Can't wait to get started. Mel Kay here. Looks like X is going to be the front lines for the battle for 2024. So I am back on X. See me at the Mel Kay Show, at Mel Kay Show, at Mel Kay Show. And I will see you at X on the front lines as we march into 2024 and turn this country around. See you at Mel Kay Show.